Thank you for listening to the Sisters Podcast with Pastor Vilma and the Rivers team. Be sure to subscribe for a monthly dose of encouragement and inspiration to help you in your daily life. We pray that this message will help you in whatever season of your life you might be in. Well, good evening to all God's gorgeous girls who have tuned in. Thank you for doing that. And maybe some of the brothers have tuned in as well. We want to welcome you all and we look forward to God speaking to you through us uh, tonight in a very, very special way. Well, because of um, lockdown level one and uh, the government allowing us to be a little bit more closer to one another in terms of how many can be at the table, I've got my gorgeous girls who serve around this ministry relentlessly around me and who have done so for many, many years. And so I think we're going to maybe have some fun tonight. Um, and so before we, we start speaking about the Word and, and some of the truths from the Word, I think what we need to do right now is just to um, put our hands on our chest and commit this time to the Lord together. Amen. So Lord, we pray that you give us complete knowledge of your will and spiritual wisdom and understanding. We want our lives to always honor and please you, Lord. We want our lives to produce every kind of good fruit and grow and learn to know you better. We pray that we will be strengthened by your power so that we will have endurance to run this race. We commit our time in the word to you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I'm going to share from a psalm tonight, but I thought before I do that, I'm going to ask the girls to just tell us what their favorite psalm is. Maybe you at home have your favorite psalm and it's now just coming to mind and maybe it's like a rhema word to you in your own situation right now. But let's start with Kogi. Absolutely, Pastor Vilma. I think the Psalms is like a bag of licorice all sorts. You've got more than one favorite, but I'd have to say Psalm 27. The Lord is my light and salvation. Whom shall I fear? It just talks about when you're fearful and just putting your complete trust in God. And I've often, even in times when it hasn't been like serious stuff going on in my life, just holding on to that and yeah. saying, the Lord is my light and salvation. I will not fear. And Pastor P, we do have a song that we sing on the weekend, which makes it really special. Beautiful. For me, it's definitely Psalm 139, where it speaks about the Lord formed me and he shaped me in my mother's womb and I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. To me, it's always a reminder that I am created yeah. and that God took the time and effort to actually shape me and form me and mold me. So no matter, you know, when thoughts can just come and assail your mind, but that's what I've always just held on to. Fantastic. Mm. And if one feels, um, you, you may just feel down and have a low self-esteem, that's a wonderful verse to up lift you to know who you are, whose you are, and what God thinks of, of you. <clears throat> Simon? Mine is Psalm 37, which um, is a little bit different from all the, the, the fluffy ones, uh, but pretty much don't, don't despair because of the evil of man, but rejoice in the Lord and know that the righteous will endure. find that very encouraging when, when you feel like your good works are kind of for nothing. Um, it's always good just to persevere. Beautiful, beautiful. Mama Nusk? I like um, Psalm 119 um, with all the promises that um, 
um, even in difficulty, I can just run to God, you know, for shelter. There's lots of promises where he'll protect me against the pestilences um, and whatever that comes um, towards me to harm me, there will be no harm. I, I just love all those promises um, and it's one of my favorites. Fantastic. There is such comfort in the Psalms. Yeah. Yeah. We've all spoken about around the table, and I love also the vulnerability that's in all of them. So I'm saying all. <laughs> I love the vulnerability that's in all of them by the different authors, but especially David, who is so vulnerable before God always and really bears his heart, and he'll talk and talk and talk and talk about difficulty, but there's always a yet that mm. he inserts, but mm. yet you mm. will uphold me with your right hand, but Beautiful. yet. <laughs> and, and that always encourages me to see the humanity in him coupled with the faithfulness and that reminder of who God is in our life. Beautiful, absolutely beautiful. Well, no one has quoted from Psalm 23 because I'm going to be sharing from Psalm 23 tonight. Only six verses, but I'm going to read it to us from the Living Bible. And it says, Because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me to do what honors him the most. Even when walking through the valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You provide delicious food for me in the presence of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. So I want to share a message entitled tonight, Seasons of Refreshing with Our Shepherd. It was likely that David wrote this psalm as a shepherd, not only of sheep, but also of God's people. The psalm unfolds this loyal love of God for us in all seasons of life. Some of these seasons are lived simultaneously and others are based on circumstances of life. So the first season I want to look at this evening is seasons in the meadow. You know, when we first encounter the Lord Jesus, we are on a high. I don't know about you, but you know, the sky was brighter, the sky was bluer, um, the flowers smelled differently, colors were popping everywhere. And you know, we're on this high and we discover we have a personal savior. And then as we learn from the word of God in Psalm 23, we discover he is also our shepherd, one who leads us, who provides for us, body, soul, and spirit. Our spirits come alive and we are refreshed when we discover we have a shepherd. It says in the first two verses, because the Lord is my shepherd, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in the meadow grass and leads me beside the quiet streams. He gives me new strength. He helps me to do what honors him the most. You know, the Lord is my shepherd is a declaration. 
is not just something that we should only hear at funerals or at weddings. It should be a beautiful, beautiful reminder to us. He's always there with us. It is a declaration. It is no small matter. It is a powerful thing to be able to say that many people who pass from this life have not been able to say that. It speaks of a personal relationship with God. We read in John 10 verse 14 in the NIV, he says, this is Jesus speaking, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me. So it's very clear that we have a personal relationship with our shepherd. I read a true story I want to share with you tonight. High on the moors of the Welsh Highlands, two ministers on holiday met a young shepherd boy who had impaired hearing and was illiterate. He knew nothing about the Christian faith. They explained that Jesus wanted to be his shepherd, who would always look after him as he, the boy, looked after his sheep. They taught him to repeat the words, the Lord is my shepherd, from Psalm 23 using the fingers and thumb of his right hand to help him remember the first verse. And it goes something like this. The Lord is my shepherd. But what they did was, they said to him, every day from now on, for the rest of your life, you should do this and just stop at the fourth word. The Lord is my shepherd. But the my was what they had emphasized because if he paused at the fourth word, my, he would always remember that he has a personal shepherd. Some years later, one of those ministers passed through the same village and asked after the shepherd boy. The previous winter, there had been terrible storms and the boy had unfortunately died on the hills. He was buried in a snowdrift. And the villager who was telling the story said, there was one thing, however, that we didn't understand. Because when his body was discovered, he was holding the fourth finger on his left hand. The minister remembered how he and a fellow minister taught the boy to remember the fourth word of the verse, which said, my. We need to remember that too. The Lord is my shepherd. We need to say that every day. Why don't I get you girls to do it with me? The Lord is my shepherd. Amen. So say it every day for the rest of your life. You know, when we look at the meadow that we find ourselves in, in the first uh, two verses, the loveliness of the green pastures and the still waters, it is just a beautiful sight. But also, we are not alone. We are not alone. The Lord is with us. The human imagination does not need any help in order to feel the loveliness and beauty of the illusions of green pastures. While we live our life here on earth, is what it says to me, let's live it with Him and allow Him to live it with us every single day. Then we will know security and satisfaction. I believe that 
when we are resting and being restored, God is parenting us gently and teaching us uh, some of life's lessons. He speaks to us. And one of the things he wants us to remember is that he has overcome the world. The verse also says, he helps me to do what honors him the most. Meaning he shapes us to be more like Jesus. And we will know that he is all we need. And he is a God who provides what we need. He cannot be our shepherd today and not tomorrow. He is always my shepherd. Not only when I run into trouble or when I'm at death's door. The Lord is our shepherd through all the seasons of our lives. The second thought this evening is God allows time in the valley. Well, we read straight after the beautiful meadow that we can find ourselves in by still waters and the greenery and the lushness of this beautiful meadow, we suddenly find ourselves in a different place. It says in verse 4, even when walking through the dark valley of death, I will not be afraid for you are close beside me, guarding, guiding all the way. You know what I've discovered and many of us who have served God for many, many years is that life is not a bed of roses. We cannot lie in the meadow all our lives. We are on a journey of life and it has its ups and its downs. And Jesus did warn us that in this world we will have hardships. We will certainly return to the meadow many, many times for refreshing and intimacy with God. David tells us how to be fearless in adversity here. He tells us that even in the valley of the shadow of death, he didn't dread the distress he would face or cringe in the face of crisis. Life can be full of hurts and David had his fair share of crisis in fighting wars and struggles with his family. He even lost some sons, some of his children. We need to do what he did. We need to fix our eyes on Jesus, the good shepherd, stick close to him, trust that he knows the way through this valley and will see you safely through. Believe that he has good reasons for taking this route, even though it's hard and unfamiliar and hold on to the truth that there is something better waiting on the other side of this valley. God's grace is with us in the valley. He still refreshes us in the valley. It just is different than the meadow. He brings peace and he keeps us safe as a shepherd of sheep who would protect against slippery rocks, ravines, wild animals and predators. Our shepherd is alert and attentive and he has our backs. And that in itself is refreshing. The third thought tonight about the refreshing seasons with our shepherd is the season of God's goodness and refreshing will never come 
to an end. So we've already seen that there is the, the wonderful revelation that we have a personal shepherd. We've already seen that there's a meadow, there are fresh waters, it is peaceful, it is quiet. And then no sooner did we read that, that we discover there will be valleys, there will be the shadow of death through life, there will be danger for us to face, there will be difficulties. And then we come to this third season that we're looking at from verses 5 to 6 that reads, you provide delicious food for me in the presence of of my enemies. You have welcomed me as your guest. Blessings overflow. Your goodness and unfailing kindness shall be with me all my life. And afterwards, I will live with you forever in your home. You know, we've already looked at the first couple of verses and we found ourselves in this beautiful meadow with a revelation that we have this personal shepherd who will never leave us, who will never forsake us. And we're in this meadow and there's refreshing water and, and it speaks of the streams and it's peaceful and there's beauty all around. And almost immediately we read that we, we are going to have difficulties to face, that it's not all just bed of roses, that it's not all just going to go our way and, and we can't just stay there in this endless summer of you know, blue skies and bright sunshine, but we, we will have to go through dark valleys. We will have to face the ravines. We'll have to face the predators who want to take us off course. But then we come to this beautiful, beautiful season, like David, who encountered the Lord as a hospital God, one who prepares a table for us when the odds are stacked against us and the enemy seems to have the upper hand. It reminds me of the parable of the banquet in Luke chapter 14. It's the story of um, Jesus telling this amazing parable of God the Father who has prepared a beautiful banquet banquet and now he wants his servant who is the Lord Jesus Christ to go out into the highways and into the byways and invite them in and the invitation is for every single person on the planet and it's up to them to accept the invitation because the father has laid an incredible banquet out for us and he wants his house to be full. It speaks of provision and abundant life in this life. It tells us of victory and celebration. God will display his goodness and unfailing kindness to us throughout life here on earth. And when it is time to go home, his goodness will continue and we will have a home in heaven. We read in Revelation chapter 19, where it speaks about the great banquet in heaven. Now this is after we've departed from this life. Not only have we had a table that God laid out for us in the midst of our enemy, not only did God lay a table out for us, as it tells us in Luke chapter 14, of the prodigal son who was lost and went into a lost world and hung out with drunkards and with, um, with prostitutes and came home with nothing, hardly the clothes on his back. He had nothing. But what did the father do 
This speaks of the heart of our Father. He prepares a banquet. He gets the fatted calf. And he welcomes back the prodigal sons and daughters who have moved away from him so that they can know his love, his kindness, his abundance, his provision, his heart, his love that never fails. And then we find ourselves in heaven in Revelation chapter 19 where it speaks about this amazing banquet in heaven. He reminds us that his love never fails, even if our love fails, like the prodigal. You know, his love failed for his father and for his family. He was just obsessed with his own life. But you know what? The love of the father never failed, so much so that when the prodigal returned, the father ran out towards him to clothe him, to love on him, to embrace him, to invite him back into the family. Man, you know, God's promises stand and his desire to be part of our lives is proven in the way he refreshes and restores us to be all that we can be for him. So just some great lessons that we can learn from a simple psalm that we may know off by heart about the season in our lives. And the tremendous lessons of the psalm is also that God is love in all seasons. God is loyal in all seasons. God will never let us go in all the seasons of our lives. Well, I trust that spoke to you. And now I'm going to ask the ladies around me just to share what spoke to them from these three seasons, what stood out to them. So who would like to start first? I can go first. Okay. So for me, it was mainly, you know, the, just that declaration that the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. And it takes me back to a story that my mom shared with me many, many years ago. My mom's dad was a reverend. And you can imagine in those days, they didn't have much, but they were one of the first few families in their neighborhood to get a TV. So all the kids in the neighborhood would come home and sit there for hours watching TV. And then my granddad would say, make the kids something to eat. And my mom and her sisters and brothers, they got so upset because they were like, but dad, we barely have enough. Now you want us to make for these kids? Just send them home to get food at home. And my grandfather always said to them, God will provide. And that has always stuck with me. And with this, the Lord is my shepherd. It's like, I shall not want. It's a promise. Wow. And I've seen it possible in my life so many times um, where there's been, where I've wanted or trusted God for things. And it just seemed... I can never achieve this. I can never get this. I'll never be able to do that. And God has always shown up and he's always just brought stuff miraculously into my life. And I also like the part about the, the meadow and you know the peaceful waters and the green pastures because that's what God does. He takes us through those beautiful places and he gives us peace. And anybody who's been on this earth for a few minutes knows that it's not always hunky-dory and rosy, but even in those circumstances where things are tough and there's challenges and we face all sorts of things, even then we can still experience the meadows in our hearts, yeah. in our spirit, and still walk with that peace that I'm not alone. My shepherd is with me and he will continue to guide me until you know, we experience the, the meadow seasons again. Amen. You know? And it just, yeah. just sparks that in my mind that he calms us down. Hey? He, he knows how to calm us down. Next. I'll go next. Okay. Uh, for me, it would be verse four. That, that's the one that I think 
stands out to me the most, um, like the valley of death. And uh, the part that I like particularly is that, but at the end, um, in the NIV it says your rod and your staff, they comfort me. I think the translation we read said you guide me and guard me. Um, and those two things are for our protection. So they're not there to crush us or oppress us. They're actually there to protect us. A shepherd would have a staff and it would have a hook on it. And that would be to grab the sheep if they were wandered off to the cliff's edge. Um, he could just go there, hook them in and yank them back before they fall off. So that staff would bring them back in. And then the rod would be to, um, to fight away enemies or predators, um, you know, to knock away the, the path if there were thorns or trees in the way. Um, and it really just was there for their protection, to take care of them, to make sure that they were safe. And um, I think a time when you go through that valley, you can't really, avoid, if you have to walk through it, you have to take that route. There's no other path. Sometimes there's some terrible things you have to go through and we can't avoid them. If you think of this pandemic as having to close church, if we have sickness, if we're exposed to loss, um, you know, if we have troubles in our family or marriages, finances, we kind of just have to go through it. But the thing is, God is with us the whole time and he's got his rod and his staff. And as much as all this danger is around us and there's all this uncertainty, he's still there and he's going to protect and guide us through all of it. Beautiful, beautiful. I'll go next. Um, I was very happy when you um, showed us how to read, the, um, how the boy was taught how to read the, the, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is how I used to read it. The Lord is my shepherd. You know, so um, I, I owned it. I wanted to it to be mine and nobody else, you know, when I say is, you know, just to be the, at the presence of God. Um, I just want to share a few of the meadows in my life, you know. Um, I've had a number of meadows in my life uh, when everything was perfect and just right. Like um, some, when I got married, I was at my middle of my life when I got married to um, my friend and a person that I dearly, dearly loved. Uh, when I had my four children, it was also another middle of my life when I became a mom. I didn't have any teaching and any training, but uh, God on my side was guiding me. And like as Simi was saying, you know, like there's a hook when I was maybe uh, going um, astray and he was hooking me and just guiding me as to be how to be there best parent I could be. I, I know I wasn't the best in my, in my children's uh, eyes, but I did the best I could. Um, when my family and, and myself, when we moved to comfortable homes, I really felt the greener pastures, you know, the comfort, the lushness, as Pastor Vulma was saying earlier, um, and I really felt God's hand upon my life. Uh, the jobs that I was in uh, that grew and developed me, I really felt um, like I'm near the coolness uh, of the waters and, and just the comfort of the greener pastures. Um, when I was able to send my children to very good schools, that was my middle days also. But also now, when I started working at Rivers Church uh, to fulfill the purposes of God through Rivers Foundation of helping others in need, I felt the most middle in my life, you know, where I was able to help uh, people using the work that I'm doing. However, 
life happens. It's not yeah. just seasons of meadow in everybody's life. All of us have gone through the meadow, the greener pastures, the stillness of waters, and we feel the hook of God guiding us and so forth. Um, but no one is exempted from the valley of the death season. I went through this uh, several times, but the one that really nearly knocked me off my socks was when I lost my son at the verge of his 20th birthday. This is the boy that had dreams like all 20-year-olds. He wanted so many things and he had listed the things that he wanted to be. And us as parents were nudging and just... Um, just like as a shepherd to him, we were encouraging him to be what he, he wants to be. Um, and, and this death just killed all of us, obviously physically killed my son as well. Um, it, we went through a very difficult time as parents, but as a mom, I went through the most pain, you know, because mm. I met him before they, they oh. all met him. You know, like he was in my belly for nine months. I carried him and I spoke to him all the time while he was my belly. And I prophesied over, over the things that he was going to be. And now he was gone. Oh. I, however, did not see this as a punishment from God or uh, the devil just trying to hook me back um, because I was a Christian. I knew that we all go through seasons of life. And I was reminded of the good seasons before this bad one happened mm -hmm. and all the good seasons that I've gone through. I also knew that this too shall pass. Yeah. I thank God that I was able to look up to a time of refreshing and goodness from the Lord. I knew this season will be a good season, the one that is coming. And... I kept on saying this psalm, strange enough, the Lord is my shepherd. And today we're talking about the goodness of God and I, I'm reminded all the time how good God is. He indeed is our shepherd. Amen. It's Thank so powerful, Niska, in you sharing that and anchoring yourself and your faith in that time in this psalm that we're talking about tonight. Like Nuska said, the Lord is her shepherd. Mm. It's not past tense. Yes. It is present. And that is in the valley, like what you would have walked through during that time. But it is in our today and it's also in our tomorrow. Yes. And so that season of goodness and refreshing, Pastor Vilma encouraging us that that season will never end. It doesn't mean like Pastor Vilma shared with us that the bad things don't happen, but yes. absolutely God is with us. Yes. The Lord is. Goodness is not a thing of the past. It's not something that we experienced when we got to gather here together before the season of COVID. Goodness is something that God has for us in our future as we yeah. get together again and as the world resets and refreshes yes. itself yes. back to how God wants and needs it to be. But our perspective is so important yeah. if we're pondering on the goodness of God because maybe you find yourself in a valley tonight and you're struggling to understand how how can I, I can't find goodness. I'm in lack. I'm struggling to provide for my family. I'm losing loved ones. Mm. I am experiencing difficulty in my marriage. My kids are not where I need them to be. Well, the Lord is. Yes. There is fresh mercy. Praise the Lord for fresh mercy every day yeah. that we can wake up to 
And in that mercy and in that grace is God's goodness. It's yeah. His kindness that allows us to not only come to Him at our time of salvation, but also to get it wrong yeah. <laughs> each day and know that we can repent and we can ask for forgiveness and there will be mercy for tomorrow yes. and for whatever tomorrow holds, yes. whatever trial or whatever meadow might come before us, He yeah. is going to be there with us. But our perspective is important when we look yeah. at those things. Yes. If you're looking to find goodness, something my husband and I did recently actually was go on a journey of gratitude. Yes. And we just sat together over a meal. He cried a lot. He's, he's such a special man. <laughs> there was many tears as we just began to unpack just how blessed we are. And it's not because of material things, yes, but yes. it's because of God's goodness and yes. His kindness that He would love us, that He would save us, that He would choose us. Um, gratitude. We sang earlier this evening that surely love and mercy, your peace and kindness will follow, follow me. me. And it's so important to ask ourselves that question. Do we believe that? Yeah. Because if we believe that and we know our Lord, we know our Savior, we can absolutely rest in that and we can keep looking forward to His goodness and His kindness, to His refreshing as we daily get up and commit the day to Him, knowing that He is in our past, in our present, and He's walking us into our future. Yeah, very beautiful. Before you speak, Kogi, and I know you've got something on your heart, but something that you said, Nuska, and I think will help many people at home, is that being a Christian doesn't mean that you're not going to lose someone in your life. And it's also, um, it, it means that when that does happen, this is not the time to leave your faith. And this is not, this is the time more than ever to cling to the shepherd of our souls and to say the, the secret things belong to the Lord. I will never know on this side of eternity uh, why that actually had to happen. But I have to declare the truth that God has planted in my heart that says God is good and that He does good. And we cannot blame God. God allows things to happen, but we can't blame God because He is perfect and we live in a fallen world and we are fallen and we have an enemy that caused the fall and we need to see things in the right way. You spoke about perspective. We need to have the right perspective when it comes to the valley of the shadow of death and the valley of death and the loss of loved ones and the challenges that we face. Like I've read about so many Christians who have turned against the Lord because of that happening and I feel so sad about that. But I also know that you need to know in your knower who is this God that I serve? What is the price that he paid for my salvation and for my abundant life and for my eternal life. And so I can't blame God for this. I've got to accept it as hard as it is. But He brings you back, as you say, from that place. He brings you back to the meadow and He refreshes you. And you can testify, I can testify to that. Kogi can testify to that. He brings you back and then He also lays this table for you in the presence of your enemy because the enemy will not go away and the shadow of death will also not go away. 
Amen. Beautiful, Pastor Wilma. Beautiful, Niska, as well. Yeah. Um, you know, Pastor Wilma, when you mentioned that you're going to be sharing from Psalm 23, uh, I, I try to remember when was the first time I heard the words from Psalm um, 23. And it was probably on a movie set or a television. It was before I even knew Jesus as my shepherd. And I didn't realize the weightiness. I didn't understand the weightiness of that psalm and that it was actually in the Bible and it was God's word. And I remember when I got saved, um, how powerful this actually was. It wasn't just a beautiful song on a movie set, but it was God's word speaking to us that we can hold on to in the time of need. Um, so for me, we got saved when we were going through a valley season, a very dark valley season in our lives. And we had an encounter with Jesus, said yes, and immediately went from valley to meadow. The meadow wasn't green, green, green when we got there because we needed to understand who God was. I needed to learn to hear the sound of his voice and not the voice of the enemy telling me that we don't have a future in God and that we don't have a purpose in God's kingdom. So that was a very powerful season in our lives. Just coming out the valley, saying yes to Jesus, living so beautifully in the meadow that you uh, described earlier on, Pastor Wilma. But the thing is, and Niska mentioned this, uh, when you get saved and when you have a revelation of who Jesus is, you don't live in the meadow. There are definitely different um, valley seasons. And we've had a number of valley seasons. And, um, and as Niska was sharing, uh, I remembered one of the valley seasons that we had. You know, as a mom, and there's many mums around this table and watching tonight, I remember a couple years ago when my son Matthew in his grade 11 year, um, he was staying with a mate of his, he was staying at a friend, and I had a phone call around 12.30 at night saying to me, and you just, I got up from my deepest sleep, and I had the mom say to me, Matthew's, the boys have been in an accident. Um, it's been a road rage incident, and um, he's got a hole in the back of his head. He's been shot. So that's not, that's not something any mom wants to wake up uh, to. And... In that moment, I remember my husband Derek and I just getting up and, and getting to the hospital and not too much detail around that, but um, the next morning we realized that he had a fractured skull and a piece of the skull was in his brain. And I remember speaking to the neurologist and he was letting us know what the prognosis was and he needed to go for emergency uh, surgery. And in that ICU room, I was like, stop. I need to phone Pastor Andre. I need to hear from my spiritual dad on, on, on that everything's going to be okay. And, um, and we went through that period beautifully. I mean, he's fine, he's well, he's healthy, he's engaged, he's got a great future ahead of him. Um, but I would not have managed that season if it wasn't for um, the circle of friends around me, for the women around this table, for my friends, for, the, for, for people in our church. And the, the reason I'm sharing this is, this is the time that I've gone through the valley knowing Jesus. Yeah. It's so much easier doing life knowing the shepherd. Yeah. Um, so much different from the first time we went through our valley of the shadow of death. And um, I suppose I just want to leave everybody with, if you're watching tonight, you can't do life without Jesus, whether it's in the meadow, whether it's in the shadow of the valley of death, or whether... And, and if you want to live in his abundance. Um, and my life really is a picture of when stuff went wrong, I was sitting at the table where God had 
prepared this banquet for me in the presence of everything that was going on. Pastor Wilma, you know a lot of our journey and that was really the picture that I've had my life as a Christian as we've journeyed, that there was a table that I was sitting there with the Lord and um, my enemies were all around, but he's not going to be able to touch me because we belonged to the shepherd. Wow. So, yeah. Wow, that is absolutely so, so beautiful. Thanks to all the ladies who shared with us tonight. I'm sure that you were encouraged in your faith and that's the aim, that, that you were encouraged in your faith and just some tremendous lessons. And, you know, the, the three thoughts as we end tonight is all about who God is in this picture. God is love in all seasons. God is loyal in all seasons and God will never let us go in all seasons. So I'm just going to end off and teach you all back home there. We're going to all teach you to do this with our right hand onto our left hand and say, the Lord is my shepherd but hold on to the my because he is a personal God, a personable God, and he wants to have a personal relationship with each and every one of us. And having said that, we want to end tonight's service by just allowing you to think about whether you have the Lord as your personal shepherd and your personal saviour. And maybe you find yourself in a place where at one time you walked very closely with the Lord through the valley and you remember the table settings of celebration and fellowship with with His people and uh, rejoicing uh, with them and mourning with them and that whole flow of the Christian life. But you've moved away, you withdrew. The one thing I need to remind you is the shepherd never withdraws from the sheep. The sheep withdraws from the shepherd. And so tonight, if you have been in that close place, but now you say, I have, I have withdrawn myself, why don't you come back? Because the way I understand the nature of the shepherd too is that if one of the sheep go missing, he will leave the 99 in a safe place for sure, and he will go after that one lost sheep, and maybe that is who you are tonight. You, you have either at one time been close to the Lord, but you withdrew now, or you have never, ever been part of the fold. You have not been part of this flock of believers, and you so dearly want to be. And really, the invitation is to you. The Lord says, I've laid a banquet for you. Now you come and You know, Jesus and the Holy Spirit goes into the highways and the byways with us tonight. This is a highways and the byways opportunity for anyone who wants to come to that banquet and be part of the flock and be part of what God is doing in his kingdom. So this is an invitation to you. If you want to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, as the shepherd of your soul, I would like you to join us in prayer and pray this prayer after me. Father God, thank you for who you are. Thank you that right now, 
my eyes have been opened to see you as this loving shepherd, to understand that he has a rod with a crook on it that will just yank me away from any danger that I may find myself in right now. And so I want to be part of the family of God. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you paid the ultimate price for me to be able to do that. And so I thank you that you are the lamb that laid his life down for the sheep and rose again victoriously. I invite you into my heart. Be my Lord. Be my shepherd. Be my savior. Help me to be shaped into the person that will bring honor and glory to your name. And I thank you, God, for making this possible through your Son. In Jesus' name, Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you were blessed and inspired by this ministry. 